Welcome to American Players Theater Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk up the hill with Orange Schroeder and me as Orange and I present a bonus presentation. As all smart theater goers know, a lot of the creativity and, well, almost magic that occurs on stage took place through a lot of hard work and creative thinking off stage. And today, we're going to learn a little bit more about the costumes, crafts, and wigs that go into every production at American Players Theater as Orange speaks with costume director Scott Rote, wig master Becky Scott, and crafts master Becky Hansen. We're pleased to have three of the uh, key people in the APT costume shop with us today, and they contribute so much to the amazing productions that we see both in Touchstone and on the Hill. So uh, I'm going to have some questions today for a discussion with Scott Rote, who is the costume director, Becky Hansen, who's crafts master, and Becky Scott, who is wig master. I'd like to start out by asking you each to introduce yourself and uh, talk to us a little bit about what you do at APT. Becky, why don't you start? I'm Becky Hansen. I'm the crafts master here at APT. Um, it's my ninth season at APT. Um, and what we do in the team that I'm with, um, we do all the stuff that isn't specifically clothes. Things like shoes and belts and neckwear, um, possibly masks, armor, a lot of armor here at APT. Um, so it's all the extra stuff that isn't actually clothes in my shop. I'm Becky Scott and I'm the wig master. This is my 12th season here. And uh, if it has anything to do with hair, whether it be on the head or on the face, uh, that was what we do. And we also do makeup and prosthetic makeup. And I'm Scott Rote. I'm the costume director for American Players Theater. Uh, this is my 13th season as costume director. Um, I am supervisor over the, the entire costume shop. Uh, I do all the hiring for the costume shop, um, budgeting, uh, help designers track things down, um, and just sort of oversee the entire process. So it's your 13th year in that role, but how long have you been at APT? This is my 35th season with wow. APT. And tell us a little bit about how you, how you got here and what you've done over those years. I sort of fell into theater because I grew up in the area in Lone Rock. Um, and one summer started working here uh, part-time in the concession stand, uh, selling T-shirts and pop and all sorts of things there. Uh, I've worked in the prop shop for a number of years, was prop master one season. Um, and then moved into the costume shop. I was a costume design assistant for a number of years um, and then into costume director. And where was this, the costume stop shop when you first started? When I started, it was a small uh, tin building on Highway 14, uh, which was formerly a taxidermy shop. Uh, that we actually had to clean um, animal parts out of the shop before we could start. Um, I helped move out of uh, the costume shop before that had been in Spring Green in an old grain elevator. Uh, so I helped move it out of there and into the taxidermy shop on the highway. Um, and we were there for two years and then we moved into the old barn that was on the property here at APT. 
So you've seen a lot of changes. I've seen a lot of changes. Yeah. I remember touring the silo, and it was not air conditioned. It was pretty pretty grim. Yes, it was toasty in there. <laughs> yeah. And um, what are the facilities like now? If someone wanted to see where where the costume shop was located, what would they see? A, a pretty efficient uh, space, especially if you've seen any of the other ones we'd been in. Uh, very efficient. Uh, it, costumes are not stored in uh, places with dirt floors or anything like that anymore. Um, everything is uh, contained within the costume shop. Our, our costume storage is, is upstairs from the shop. Um, we have uh, separate fitting rooms for every show. Um, the wig shop, the craft shop, the millinery shop all have their own spaces. Um, so we are, we are crowded, uh, especially in the first half of the season with doing five shows at the same time, but um, a gigantic improvement. And where is it? Uh, it is uh, in the Bravo building here at APT, um, right behind the administrative offices. Uh, we are on the main floor of the building, have wonderful southern exposure overlooking the golf course. Uh, we have skylights. It's pretty wonderful. And uh, tell us about the wig shop. What does that look like? Uh, the wig shop is what we call one of the small rooms. Um, it's tornado safe. That's always nice. Um, uh, it's a, a small room that ha is covered in pictures of mustaches and wig storage bins and places for us to store hair and wigs and facial hair. And with a, we have a small island that we work off of. Um, that we can uh, build our wigs off of. And we have counters, so we can also style in front of mirrors and have fittings in front of mirrors. Um, even from, I was here in 2002 when the building was still fairly new, and the improvements even since then have been great. They've, we now have makeup mirrors, so our makeup lights, so we can really see what it's gonna look like more under stage light. and. Yeah, it's a nice little room. It's a, it's a it's one of the nicer, probably one of the nicest shops I've worked in. And you've worked at shops around the country. Uh, yeah, I worked at uh, the Virginia Opera for 16 years in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, and actually, the room here now resembles that room there because the former wig master here was the wig and, is the wig and makeup designer in Norfolk. That's how I got here. <laughs> And how many people are in the... I have uh, two full-time artisans, and then I have two full-time uh, people who run the shows. Uh, and so they're up the hill, and they maintain everything that we send up. And when you say full-time, how many months of the year? Uh, we're here in the shop about three and a half months, and my stylists who run the shows are here from the end of May until sometimes middle of November, depending on what show we're doing in the late fall. And, and how about the crafts shop? What does that look like? Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, probably not a big enough room for what we do, but it's um, nearly covered in shelving, full of all of our supplies, like rivets and paintbrushes and grommets and uh, felt and Velcro and tools. We have lots of tools in there that we use. Um, and almost every inch of the wall space is utilized with supplies to make stuff happen. And then right behind us is the dye room. Um, so we've got a big uh, dye vat, industrial dye vat in there. 
and a couple of washer and dryers, a stovetop, um, all the dyes and stuff that we need to alter the colors of fabric or clothes. Um, so there's um, myself and I have two craft artisans and then there's a painter, a dyer. Um, and that is all season. That's usually the same, same all season. Do you make a lot of the shoes or, is, or are there elements that are purchased elsewhere? Um, we, th that's a common thing. People, a lot of people believe that we are in fact cobblers and that we have that <laughs> specific skill set. Um, we don't make shoes. We can modify shoes. In fact, I just got finished taking a pair of ankle lace-up boots and making them into kind of a strange, strappy, buckled thing um, that looked like a picture a designer gave me. Um, but we don't actually make shoes. Um, we can modify them, paint them. Sometimes I've slipped covered shoes before. Um, and I've now forgot what the rest of that question was that you just asked me. <laughs> well, I'd like to ask you, where did you acquire the kind of variety of skills that you would need for this work? Um, honestly, uh, when I started doing crafts, it was mostly probably just dyeing fabric. Um, and a little bit of crafts as I know it now. Um, it wasn't very, very involved when I started out. Um, and the skills that I have now are really just improved upon and, and, and added to from the last time. I take everything I've done on the last job and apply it to the next job. Um, it's often not the same day to day um, and even show to show. Uh, the one thing that we do on almost every show is dance rubber shoes so that actors are safe on stage. Um, but things like armor aren't always the same. Um, neckwear is almost never the same. Um, jewelry is often different to do. So all the skills that I've gotten, it's gotten through experience and having to figure out how to do that particular thing and then keeping that in my bag of tricks and moving it on to the next thing. and figuring out a lot of problem solving in, in the shop. And Scott, one of the problems I would think is when you have uh, an understudy going on as is happening this week where someone has, uh, uh, something happens so they're not able to perform, uh, does the costume shop swing into action when that happens? We actually, uh, within the design process, um, all the role, most of the major roles are understudied, and we know that uh, going into the process. So once the show is in tech, it's up to the uh, assistant costume designer to do fittings with anyone who is an understudy. Um, a lot of times they do fit into the, the costume that was done for the show. If they don't fit in that costume, um, it's up to that assistant to find something similar we don't try and duplicate anything um, as long as it fits within the feel of the show um, but those costumes are already um, ready to go they've been altered um, shoes have been dance rubbered jewelry's been selected um, so that's all it's all ready to go shoes have been dance rivered dance rubbered dance rubbered. Um, it's a special Sorry. kind of rubber we put on the bottoms of that's, the shoes that's so what that Becky the, mentioned yeah, mm -hmm. so that the actors don't okay. slip around on stage okay. So. And you mentioned the assistant costume designer. Can you talk us through the process a little bit? Um, there are many different designers who do costumes for APT. And uh, how long are they here? And how, what is their involvement in the process? 
every show uh, has its own costume designer. Um, their residency here on property uh, is dependent on their schedules. Um, the assistant costume designer is someone we provide to the designer, um, and they are here the entire build process, um, and they help uh, as the go-between between the designer and the shop when, when the designer's not in-house. And once the show is up and running? Those people are all gone. Um, I'm the only person in the costume shop that's here year-round. Um, so even once the shows are open, I'm here. The costume shop staff may be gone, but if things come up that wardrobe needs help with, then I'm here and help, can help solve those problems. And Becky, does the costume designer design the wigs, the facial hair and such? They usually give me uh, a, a drawing or a rendering um, of what they're looking for. A lot of times we just uh, we look up a lot of research, um, but it's really collaborative because sometimes what they want happen to hair can't physically happen with hair. <laughs> so um, I have to interpret realistically what that is going to be. And so, are you using human hair? Uh, for the most part, we use human hair. We do use synthetic on occasion. Um, we have found that human hair lasts longer. We have wigs in the stock that are as old as the theater. Um, our synthetic stock doesn't last nearly as long because it's a lot of steam and hairspray and then bug spray and <laughs> sunlight and, you know, hot days and it just doesn't last. Uh, so for the most part, we use human hair. Can, can each of you tell us about um, a favorite item from this year's productions? Uh, well, making Colleen Madden a blonde for Born Yesterday was a challenge and a lot of fun because most people don't realize she's as dark-haired as she is. Most people want to say she's a strawberry blonde, and Colleen will tell you flat out, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, so making her a blonde and you can't see her own hair underneath it was a, a really interesting challenge Great. and was a lot of fun to do. Becky? Um, this year actually has been quite tame for the craft shop um, compared to previous seasons. I don't know if you recall the wings from last year. From, from Midsummer Night's Dream, mm -hmm. yes. So we haven't had to do any of that this year. Uh, so we did do, for As You Like It, we, we built a couple of prologue masks that um, Marcus Trushinsky wears and Melissa wear for the prologue um, that we built from scratch and painted and I think they look, they look pretty great. Wonderful. Um, and Scott? I don't know that I have any one uh, particular thing, but I think one of my favorite things about my job is helping the designers track down some elusive, you know, whatever, whether it's um, the gold braid on military uniforms or, um, you know, just a specific pair of shoes or, you know, something like that. And you all meet those challenges so well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Talkbacks to Go is a production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts. Our theme music is Err by Steve Tibbetts, and it appears here by permission of the artist, courtesy of ECM Records. Please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talkbacks to Go. With Oren Schroeder, I'm Buzz Kemper. Thank you for listening.